How are y'all doing? I'm Paul Ryan, your host of the Across the Cowboys podcast. If you're new to the show, thank you for joining us. And to our regular listeners, welcome back. With me, as always, is my co-host, the greatest co-host in the world, Mike the Pig Crumb. Mike, how are you? I'm just taking after the defense this season. The greatest defense in the world. <laughs> my so God. I'm uh, I'm doing well today. What more can you ask for? Uh, you know, this, this is, it's, I tweeted out about uh, 20 minutes ago that this top five was like the hardest I've ever had to do. Uh, and I cheated, which Paul doesn't know that I cheated on it, but I totally cheated. The Meatless Monday is really good. What's yeah. that? And I was going to say, I'm curious as to how you cheated, but we'll get to it when that time comes, sir. Yeah, we'll get to it at the end. And then Dallas beating both Super Bowl teams, you know. I told I put a funny thing, another thing on Twitter. I was like, all right, man, we beat the Bengals and the Rams. We beat good teams. Both with our backup quarterback, it's awesome. And then, you know, I did the the other people are like, yeah, man, that's last year, dude. You can't count last year's oh records. It's new teams. Yeah. And I'm like, okay, that's fair. Well, we beat the four and one Giants. They're only lost. We got then they got what do they say right after? Well, the Giants have sucked for years. You can never always win. moving those goalposts, baby. Yeah. You can never win, dude. I swear. Well, Mike, before we get into our discussion tonight, let the people know where they can find you on Twitter. At CD Piglet, guys. Nice and easy. Guys, I'm Paul Ryan. You can find me on Twitter at Paul underscore Ryan 15. Well, Mike, you, men- you mentioned it's a, a fantastic and a delicious meatless Monday. Dis- discuss it with us. Tell us what you had, what was on the menu today. It was so good. So Ramen Hayashi opened on Friday uh, right mm. by my work next to the theater I always go to by the work. Yeah. And I've been there twice already. I went- oh, wow. Yeah, I went Saturday night uh, with uh, the people from Daphne's, the my crew, Muhammad, Steph, uh, Jazzy, me, and uh, Mitchell. And then I was like looking at the menu, and I'm like, oh, dude, this is a perfect meatless Monday. So I got um, the yaki noodles with just vegetables, which is so good. And um, and then the this is two things that we got Saturday night. We got the yaki noodles with shrimp. And we got the um the fried rice bowl with bulgogi beef, mm. and um and I switched that from bulgogi beef to the tofu and oh, okay. the spicy mayo, and the tofu the tofu spicy mayo is better than the steak. No, when tofu's done right, I'm yeah. not a the baby food friggin' like nasty soft tofu is gross, but when you like take it and marinate it and grill it or fry it. I love that. And they make a really, that tofu bowl, man, it was so good. Fried rice, spicy mayo, which I got an extra spicy mayo, and some grilled tofu. I was, I killed, I took half of each and I left the other half for probably me later. (laughs) I'd say Mitchell, but I probably am going to eat, especially that tofu. I'm going to kill that. You know, I've never had grilled tofu or fried tofu, Mike, but I've always wanted to try them just because uh, there's a uh, a food YouTuber that I like to watch. He eats a lot of Asian food. He's a, he's an Asian person, but, uh, you know, he'll have like fried tofu skin and other tofu dishes. I'm like, man, that looks really good. So I'd like to try some uh, tofu, but prepared differently. Just make sure it's not just the soft, like regular, I call it the baby shit tofu. I don't like the baby shit tofu. I Don't ask you. me how I know what like the texture of baby shit is. 
but like it, if I know tofu, all too well. Yeah, it it would. I would think it would be like the soft tofu would be like what baby shit would be like if you if you if you add it. Well, you know, uh, if you, uh, kids, if you're listening, just cover your ears. Mike's, Mike's well, on one tonight. If the kids are listening to our podcast, they're way corrupted already. <laughs> yeah this this podcast is not this podcast is not safe for work more often than not. Is it, Mike? No, it is not. All right, Mike, you were talking about, uh, you know, we beat the Rams, we beat the Bengals, and, of course, the 4-1 Giants. But we, we discussed this a little bit last Friday. But after this Sunday performance, are the are the Rams overrated? If you're thinking of them as the Super Bowl team, then, yeah, they're yeah. overrated. Their their O-line is not the same. They, they had no. a, a Whitworth retired. They're beat up on the inside. Like, Oso Odigizua had, like, four or five QB hits, dude. He was just killing them in there. Um, he played so well. They couldn't block anybody for the run or the, the, the pass. Um, they need more time for their O-line to get healthy. They need them to get, uh, uh, you know, in rhythm, work mm-hmm. together. And then um, the other thing is that their edge rush. When Donald doesn't move out to defensive end, when he's a DT – they're missing Von Miller. Like Floyd's okay, but he's not doing great. And they just don't, they don't have that guy. They don't have Parsons and, and, you know, that like Floyd's like a Dorrance Armstrong, you know, I don't even know if he's as good as Dorrance Armstrong this year. I mean, Dorrance is killing. We'll talk about him later, but uh, they just don't have that edge guy. If, if Aaron Donald doesn't shift outside and when he does, they don't really have to push up the middle. So, yeah, it's not the same team. You don't lose two players like Whitworth, uh, Robert Woods, Odell, four players. Whitworth, Robert Woods, Odell Beckham off your offense, and then Von Miller off your defense. Yeah, yeah. I know you mentioned the offensive line, Mike. Uh, Apparently, Sunday's offensive line, that was at minimum their fifth different lineup that they've had to go out this year that they've started a game with. So, you know, we know all too well about offensive line issues, and, and it showed on Sunday. Yeah, and 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 we're lucky enough to you know what I'll wait. We're gonna on the views from the sidelines, we're gonna discuss the running game and it's very O-line focused. So we'll get into that. I'll wait for, for that part. Well, Mike, of course, the defense was the story on Sunday. And how impressed were you by their performance? The best performance from a defense that I've seen that I can remember since the 90s teams. It, mm. it was you're talking about you held a team that has Sean McVay's brilliance, a quarterback yeah. like Matthew Stafford, uh, a running back like Cam Akers, who, who is a good running back. Henderson is a solid running back. He is yeah. not a bad running back in the NFL. They have Cooper Cup. They have uh, Tyler Higbee. They have Allen Robinson. Like They have these guys, and you held them to two plays. That's, that's all they got. They got one play-action uh, pass where they got Hooker to creep up and they left Diggs kind of the whole field to cover. And he, you know, he, he still almost got that ball. Dude, that was that coverage was amazing, but that throw was oh my that throw God, was dude. perfect. And and just think about that. Like the play action bites Hooker up. Uh Trayvon Diggs is playing outside leverage because he's supposed to have safety help in the middle. And he's letting a guy with the speed of Tutu Atwell just run by him. Mm-hmm. And this guy is a fingertip away from still knocking away the ball. Man. That was a crazy play, and uh, man, it just 
And then he goes on, and what, what stinks is a lot of people were killing Diggs for that. And I was like, well, I mean, it really was a hooker play. But Trayvon Diggs is going to take the, the, the bait of that too because, uh, you know, he played it inside leverage to, to, to his help, but he still got beat there. It's still cover three. He's supposed to get deep. He didn't, so it's partly his. Well, the next time, the, the Cooper Cup one was all on him. You can't undercut, uh, undercut a throw from Matt Stafford to Cooper Cup. They're too right. good. This ain't, you know, next week you want to try that against Jalen Hurts and Devontae Smith. I'm okay with that. That you know that that's that's taking a solid risk. That's not the best wide receiver in football and one of the best quarterbacks in football. One of the best twelve you know quarterbacks mm-hmm. in football. Jalen Hurts has played a lot better, but you know to this point you wouldn't be like, oh, this guy's been you know nobody got in going, hey, was Jalen Hurts top ten quarterback? And nobody thought Jalen Smith was or Devontae Smith was a top ten receiver. You know. Right. So you're talking about trying to risk a play like that on them. Sure, I, I understand that. But there's certain guys, let them catch it, tackle them. The minute you undercut it and they beat you, it was home run play. It was gone. And so, you know, if you take away those two plays, the Rams don't get it. They have nothing. They did Shout nothing. Out, baby. I love Zero. how uh, Diggs tweeted out. Sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off, Mike. But Diggs tweeted out that, you know, those, those 10 points, those are on me. I love how he held himself accountable for that. It's great because he could have easily been, you know, he left Twitter. He could have easily said, it's a cover three. And actually, I was supposed to have safety help and yada, 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 yada. No, you still got, you you got ran past. They, they made a great throw. The, it's partly on you. I understand it's cover three, but, you know, they got one on you. It's fine. The Cooper Cup one, totally your fault. You come out, I'm wearing the jersey still because the guy still played great. And it was physical in the run game, too, like. Tackling was a, was one of the bright spots for him yesterday too. Yeah, they 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 got two plays. Diggs was a part of both. I get it. A, don't sign him when he becomes a free agent. You other teams that think he's terrible. <laughs> yeah, works for me. Let him be. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Don't go out. You don't want this guy. Tutu Atwell beat him. We'll we'll keep him. Thanks. We'll keep him. I don't know how many corners wouldn't get beat on that play by Cooper Cup. I mean, of course you're going to undercut it, but not. I don't think many cornerbacks are going to win a foot race with versus Cooper Cup. Yeah, what had the, his problem is that he instead of just when it's guys like that, you just make the the, the routine play. You let him catch it. You tackle him. It's a seven yard gain because right. they're too great. When it's I have no, I want Trayvon Diggs to be extra aggressive. I just want mm-hmm. him to be selective. You know, yeah. when, you know, you know what I'm saying? Like when we go, the Bears, Justin Fields and Mooney, do it. Detroit, Goff and St. Brown, do it. Not, not those Stefan Diggs and, and Josh Allen, no. Right. Tom Brady and, uh, and Godwin, no. Mm-hmm. Certain guys let them make their catch, make their play, make the play, and right, that's right, the thing right. we forget. Trayvon Diggs only played corner five years, so mistakes like that are gonna happen. And and he believes in himself. He was like, "I'm gonna go for this pick right here or this pass breakup." Missed it. As he gets older and learns more, he'll be more selective. He'll go, "Okay, these guys I can do like that because you know what? Say it happens again. We play mm-hmm. the Bears, right?" And they hit a big 75. Well, how much more are they going to do? Like, this isn't Cup and Stafford. Like, they're, they're, there's not the threat that they're going to put 30 up on, on Dallas's defense. 
So right. if they miss one, you know, Dak's back by that time, you really shouldn't stress it. The, the offense should be able to score 24 to 30 points on, on anybody. So I just, I, I think he'll be more selective and it'll be a better, uh, better outcome more regularly. Just don't try it with Cup and Stafford. They're too good. Yeah, I think if anything, you know, you might beat Diggs once for him from him being over aggressive. It won't happen twice in the game. I agree because the 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 other play had nothing to do with over aggressive. He was he was playing for them to to do that route towards the middle. He was like mm-hmm. I, I, on the hike. He was backing up in a way that was giving him the inside. He's like, okay, you want to go into to my safety? Go ahead. You're throwing in double coverage. One of us will get it. Safety bites up on the run. Understandable. They made that a big focus, you know, the running game. It's going to happen occasionally. And Diggs almost made the play on it still. So I like that play didn't really get me. I, no. I, I didn't, it didn't really bother me. No, no, it didn't really bother me either. You know what? We're, we're, we're going to switch to the defense here. Mike, a comparison that we've heard a lot about it's Aaron Donald and Micah Parsons. You know, could Micah Parsons be as good or better than Aaron Donald when it's all said and done? But when you look at this week five matchup, who do you think was better? I I gotta give it to Parsons. Now Hobble Parsons, too. That's crazy. Both were badass. Like Aaron yeah. Donald got two shots at Tyler Smith and was like, Oh, y'all ain't doing that. Like mm-hmm. you give me one-on-one with Tyler Smith, I'ma own him. Yeah, but truth, and he did. Oh, he did. But truth be told, he got beat by McGovern more often than he beat McGovern. McGovern played a day. It was reminiscent of, of Connor Williams. When we would, Vach Lombardi always talks about how Connor Williams was the, the Aaron Donald stopper. Like he just didn't do anything on Connor Williams. He didn't do nothing on McGovern. Really McGovern was excellent in the game. Uh, The Tony Pollard run McGovern got the cutoff block uh, uh, on Aaron Donald. And that's normally Normally, when you when you run well on the Rams, you're running at Aaron Donald because where he succeeds is he's too fast and he beats your cutoff blocks when you try to run away from him, mm-hmm. and he brings you down for a loss or a gain of one or two. McGovern was able to stop him, and I think as far as why I give Parsons a lead, he got the strip sack that got returned that kind of in the ended the game, mm-hmm. and he also you know this doesn't show up on the stat sheet. But two other third downs in the second half, he got pressures on plays where Matthew Stafford had guys open, but he didn't have time to get rid of the ball, uh, you know, accurately because Micah was on him too fast. So that means that that's four different times in the second half that he affected the game that he affected Matt Stafford. He sacked him twice. One was a strip sack we, we uh, uh, re, you know, got. We recovered. Sam Williams, and he had two other plays where he basically stopped them from getting a chance at a a reception because he was just at the quarterback too fast. And not to mention all the whole missed holding calls against Michael. I, I try to tell people, I told people that this ref crew was not good. And every, I understand why everybody, we get a lot of penalties, so you'd rather have a ref crew that's less penalties. But I knew one thing about this ref crew is they don't call holds for Dallas. I just meant not in general, yeah. but for Dallas, they just never call them. They just do. They never call them. 
And so, you know, it was what I expected. Our guys were killing their offensive line around around the edge all game long. And Parsons was held three out of every four pass rushes. Mm-hmm. I mean, we're talking around the head holds. Like yeah, not, choke holds. Oh, like like clear as day. Not like, oh, you can hold on every play. No, like right. terrible, obvious, right in front of the ref hold calls. They just wouldn't call him. I'm like, you know, too too bad uh, it wasn't a uh, a quarterback sack that they could call a rough in the passer. You know, I'm not on Twitter that much, Mike, but I hadn't seen any any chatter or excitement about this ref crew. That's interesting to me that people, you know, Dallas fans were were excited about this ref crew. That's not something you often uh, hear. Uh, what is it now about what the the refereeing crew? Oh yeah, they were like this. This ref crew doesn't call very many penalties. That's good for us. Yeah. You know, any crew that has a lot of penalties, they throw. Which I totally understand. It's just this crew. It's all and and our big advantage was our pass rush against their offensive line. And I'm sitting there going, the refs are literally negating part of our advantage because they're le- they were leaving Michael one on one because they were mm-hmm. like, we're just going to hold every now, and they won't call it. Right. Yeah. Well, let's move along here, Michael. You talking about Micah? There's some some thought that there's a groin injury along with some other injuries that he's been dealing with since the early in the season. But how, how serious do you think this one is? Uh, well, I mean, the way he they held him out at first to only third downs, mm-hmm. and he and he got a sack and two third down pressures, and then uh, and then in the last like two minutes they left him in, you know, to try to end the game, and he ended the frigging game. So I don't think it's too serious myself. I mean, yeah. it's affecting him, obviously, but I'm more worried about re-injury than anything. What he has now, he could clearly play with. Mm-hmm. How serious is the chance of re-injury is what I worry about. And, you know, I, you know, I misread the question because I had my mind somewhere else, Mike, forgive me, but uh, for this game, would you have held Micah, Micah out, you know, to kind of have him healthier for – the subcoming matchup versus the Philadelphia Eagles. I would have been incorrect, but at halftime when that fool's walking around, limp, he ain't going in. Like That's holding his it. back, That's limping, the, dude. Oh, if he tears his groin, mm. knock on wood. Yeah. That that's it. Like this team ain't ain't doing it without. He's that guy. He's the thing that makes them from good defense to elite defense. He's that dude. And so my thought was sit his ass down. I don't even forget the Eagles. I don't care about this Eagle game. Cooper Rush already did his job. You know, now it's about getting Dak back fully healthy and we're we're on a run. The worst that happens is we're four and two going into the Chiefs just took the lead. Uh Travis Kelsey, another touchdown. Mm. Uh the the worst thing uh, that I, all I want is Dak to get back healthy and we get into this schedule. The schedule is a 10 to 12 win schedule now if, if Dak and Michael Parsons are healthy. So, you know, that's more what my thinking was. I'm thinking more now we're talking about, okay, healthy for the season, healthy for a playoff run. And Michael Parsons wasn't having it. And he was right. And he came in and dominated the second half playing limited snaps. My God, man, this guy at 60%, he still finishes the game with two sacks, dude. It's 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 incredible, man. Two sacks and two third down pressures. That was probably gonna be third down conversions. If you watch the the all 22, 
There were yeah. open guys, and Micah was just like, "Nah, you ain't got enough time." <laughs> I mean, he could he could by the end of week six, he could have like eight sacks, dude. He's man, they're, or you know, se- 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 seven sacks, but still, that's insane. He has he has three two sack games. It's ridiculous, it was, man. It was two sacks, two sacks, zero zero, and then two. So he's. Man, he's crazy. And and at his pace right now, he has six and five games. He's 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 at that pace to be near the record. Man, man, man. So, Mike, you know, uh, another star from yesterday's game, it, it's Dor- Dorrance Armstrong. And this is the comparison we've heard a lot about the season. But looking and comparing Dorrance Armstrong to Randy Gregory, who's the better player? Okay, so this is a Mike crumb question and i worded it a specific way for a reason because i want to spell this out correctly for dallas fans so they're not mistaken right now the two players assuming gregory hell randy gregory is the better player than dorance armstrong before his injury he led the league in pressures like the guy's a killer He, he is a monster pass rusher he's very very good um so, no, Dorrance Armstrong is not the better player. Now, is he having the, the leap year we want at 24 years old that I that on our group chat that we have and, and, uh, and on the Twitterverse and social mediaverse that I talked about, hey, man, just because we lost Randy Gregory doesn't mean everything's all lost. Dorrance Armstrong is a starter in the league. You know, he had, he had five and a half sacks last year. He's a good edge setter. He's a solid guy around Parsons and Tank. He's he's a very good player. Even if we signed Randy Gregory, I wanted them to pay Dorrance Armstrong. I wanted to get him in here because I just think he's he's a really good player. Right. And while he isn't better than Randy Gregory, I believe I would personally rather have Dorrance Armstrong now. I haven't said this till right now. Uh-huh. I'd rather have Dorrance Armstrong at his value, his contract for the next two oh, years God. Yeah. than Randy Gregory at his. As right. good as Randy Gregory is, Dorrance Armstrong's 24 years old. He's right. he's already one sack away from his career high. He's uh-huh. blocked two kicks. He's a he's the core special, he's the best special teams guy you have right now. He is the playmaking special teamer. Shout out to Kelvin Joseph, who also is balling his ass off at special teams and no it's not what you want from a second round pick absolutely not but still credit where it's due he's playing his ass off on special teams he's earning his spot um so i just wanted to word it a certain way where no randy gregory is the better player if randy gregory was on this team with tank and michael parsons and osa he's probably dominating and killing but give me dorance armstrong all day for the next two years over Randy Gregory for five, who's going is about to be 30. Right. We got the 24 year old for the next two years. So better player. I'll take Gregory who I want on my team for what they're paid. DA all day. Now am I crazy Mike or does Dorrance Armstrong also offer more against the run than Gregory ever did. He's a better edge setter. For sure, he is. But 
Randy Gregory was a was a he wasn't great. Yes, yeah. Dorrance Armstrong's a better player versus the run. I just feel like, man, I love Gregory, but it just seems like Armstrong is a better complement to the other pieces on the defensive line. And that, and like I said, it's it's about fit and contract. Right, right. If you if you put Dorrance Armstrong in in Denver, he's not mm-hmm. leading the league in pressures. He's he's not. Yeah. So he's not the guy you just put out there and he's gonna crush. That's a Randy Gregory is a pass rusher like that. Mm-hmm. What Dorrance Armstrong is is he's the perfect guy to get when you have Micah Parsons and Tank and Osa. And now you have this guy over there who is never going to get – what's funny, you say this, that he's never going to get double team, but he's our most double team player. Did you know that? Of coming I did not. Into the week, That's he's insane. the most double team player, and the reason is because he's a good edge setter. So they run at him, and hence he has to be double teamed. Because uh, you don't run at tank, because even a double team, he kills the run. Right. So he gets double teamed a lot in the run, so he's our most double team player. But when I say that, what I mean is on a pass rush, mm-hmm. the first four or five weeks of the season, you weren't thinking about Dorrance Armstrong. Where is mm-hmm. Micah? Where is Tank? Where is Osa? Where is Gallimore? And then you kind of go, okay, who else they got? Where's Fowler? Where's Armstrong? Where's Williams? You know, there he's one of those extra players. But he's got four sacks now, a strip sack, a couple block punts, plays the run pretty decent. Um, you know, like that, that's a, that's a good contract, man. Two years, 8 million, four sacks already. Like so was it 8 million or six? Huh? Was it 8 million or six? It was two years, 8 million, 4 okay, million. I thought it was six for some reason. But it might've been God. six guaranteed. I don't know. Okay, the guarantee. Yeah. That's probably what it is. Yeah. You're right. But it don't matter. Cause he, whatever <laughs> it is, he going to get paid for that. They're not cutting him like, oh, we need to save our guarantees. John Fossil would lose his shit, let alone Dan Quinn. Dan Quinn could be like, oh, I'll send this guy out. I'll send, I got Williams. I'll send somebody else over there. I'll I'll move Michael Parsons. John Fossil is going to be like, you ain't getting rid of him for four million? You're crazy. That guy's a playmaker. So yeah, I I just I love it because him and Wilson were like my guys. And I got Mm -hmm. a lot of crap because I was like, I'm one of those guys that I'm like, yeah, but don't you see it? Like, I know he's not doing it every down, but can can you see it? Like, can you, if he got the snaps and he developed and everything, you don't see it, you know? And and I would get a lot of crap uh, from the 4D podcast, especially, you know, the old Cremungeon, Dan, mm-hmm. Rupert, and then Nasty. They would give me a lot of stuff like, well, you know, they're just not great players right now. And I'm like, I know that they're, but you can't see it. Like, like, yeah. I can't them with coaching and development like the way they play mm-hmm. Donald Wilson's never going to be a great cover guy but he can cover well enough for everything else he does you know Dorrance Armstrong's never going to be the edge rusher that Randy Gregory is but he's got you four sacks he's got more sacks than Randy Gregory like you know like the sacks will come because of the way they set the plays up hey everybody's looking over here they're looking mm-hmm. at Tank, they're looking at Michael Parsons we're gonna sneak Dorrance on a play. He's gonna get a one-on-one, beat that tight end. You know, they're gonna they're gonna shift and leave you one-on-one on the tight end. Kill him. We're gonna move you inside and we're gonna fake a gap blitz, just slip right through there, you know. And and so yeah, he's not a guy you sit out and go, hey, you got one-on-one with him all day, beat him all day. 
He's not, that's not his job, but he is really good at that, being that extra piece. And he's 24. He's just learned, he's just getting to know what he knows, which is like so exciting to have him the next two years. I hate doing this because the way the defense is and the way Dak's coming back and everything, but I keep thinking about next year. Do you know yeah. that other than other than Donovan Wilson, Anthony Barr, and Dante Fowler, everyone's going back. Mm. And they're young. Parsons, Diggs, Hooker's even young. Curse. Uh, and LVE will be gone. So you'll have to do your – and the thing but then is – we have Damone Clark and Damone Cox, Clark. dude. You got Damone Clark sitting in the wings going – you know I'm gonna be better than that LVE guy if I'm healthy, right? Like I'm his size, wingspan, but I can also pass rush much better. I'm a better tackler. Uh, I, I, he's just my god, dude. This defense over the next two years, if healthy, is just gonna be ridiculous to deal with. And hey, LVE the last two years, man, he's been a, good, a big part of the defense. Excellent. I have no problem bringing them back, but the way I look at it, and I know I'm getting this, we're already at 30 minutes, but yeah. the way I look at it, Cooper Rush, Donovan Wilson, Fowler, LVE, Anthony Barr, um, are all chances for us to get comp picks. Right, right, right. You know, and, and the thing is, is I know you only get a certain amount of comp picks, but what Dallas could finally do is go, Wilson made money, Cooper Rush made money, Fowler made money, Barr got an all right contract, uh, McGovern went out and made money. Uh, you know, like they could add these pl- things up and go, okay, well, we got our four comp picks that we can get. We got three other contracts that did pretty well. We could bring guys in that match the lower end of those contracts without really affecting our comp pick formula. So, mm. I like they that could be in a position to bring in a player or two, maybe offensively, mm-hmm. that could um, that could um, you know help the team. Like maybe they're not ready to just do Ferguson and Hendershot, but they don't want to pay Schultz, so they go out and get a vet tight end that doesn't exactly hinder Ferguson and Hendershot, but yeah. that could be a Schultz-like guy that's that's mm-hmm. reliable, something that Jared Cook's been for the last 10 years of his career that yeah. um, uh, Green Bay Mercedes Lewis has been for Green Bay this year that mm-hmm. Hayden Hurst has been for uh, Cincinnati this year, Cincinnati this year, you yeah, know, yeah. a guy that you go out and get a vet for a year. And then you're like, Hey Ferguson, this, you know, you're the guy, but we're just bringing him in the sky. You know, he's going to help us out. And you, you know how much too tight end we run. You're going to be the guy, or maybe they go get that receiver. All right, we got Lamb and Gallup. Let's go do what we did with Cobb and get a guy that's an older. You know what we're going to tell him? A Odell. You know, maybe not a guy that high, but somebody ish that's coming, that's looking to win a title. Look at this defense. Look at our quarterback. Look at our line growing together. Everybody's staying on that other side. We just need a guy. We need you to be the third, to, to be that set that we can go to three wide receiver. And rotate. If somebody's injured, you're a wide receiver two. You're a wide receiver one. If somebody needs a couple games, you know, to to get over a ankle sprain. If we're in three wide receiver sets, yeah, you're not going to make the money that you could as a number one over here, few more million a year. But come here, take a little bit more than Stephen Jones type deal, and let's get going with it. 
You know, I could see yeah. Dallas possibly doing that if the right guys make enough money in the offseason uh, for Dallas this year. No, I mean, I like that idea because you're bringing in experienced veterans to to help with this young team, maybe bringing some guys with playoff experience, things like that, who are not quite old on their last contract, but, you know, still looking for that second bigger contract or their first big time contract, knowing they can get, get it after they leave Dallas. So that's a good move, Mike. Yeah. Yeah. I, I like the idea of that or, or a big hell go pay for a top end center, you know, cause you'll still get, you may lose your, your highest comp pick, Mm-hmm. In compensation, maybe somebody pays uh, somebody a uh, uh, Cooper Rush, a big 10, 15 mil a year to come in and be a bridge quarterback, right? Right. So you you use that on a center and pay him $8 million a year, and mm-hmm. that maybe is is it affects your comp pick formula, but you, you had enough guys leave for higher money that you still get for your as many comp picks as you can and now yeah. you've brought in this big time center to go. Hey, look, Biotis has been fine. I'm missed. Y'all know I'm Mister Tyler Biotis. He's right, been a right. good starting, a solid starting center this year. He gets beat by great DTs. He beats bad DTs and average TDs. T- DTs they wash. Go get a great center, and then watch that next to left guard Farniak, right guard Martin Steele, and Tyler Smith. Yikes. Absolutely, Mike. I, I love that idea. So, you know, somebody on Twitter tweeted out earlier today that who is not getting enough credit. I think it was Jeff Cavanaugh. That's who it, it was. was. Shout out, shout out, Jeff Cavanaugh. He said, "Who on the Dallas Cowboys is not getting enough credit for this uh, win, four game win streak?" I said Cooper Rush. Some people, not some people. I think it was one person kind of bought, uh, fought back, saying, "Well, what has he done?" And, you know, I was just saying, hey, he's, you know, you, you look at his stats and everything. Maybe this last week wasn't that great. I mean, he only had 10 completed passes. But overall, he's been he's been solid and he hasn't had any turnovers. He's just kind of doing what he's asked. And I don't feel like a lot of people are, you know, I'm not saying it's it's only him, but I just feel like not a lot of people are saying, hey, look, Cooper Rush is playing really well. Of course, there's some that don't watch enough football who think that he could he should replace Dak Prescott. But when when, when you look at Cooper Rush, do you feel like he's getting enough credit for this one streak? I um I split it down the middle. I said it's funny because if you love Dak Prescott, the the forget the middle people. We're pretty middle here. We like Dak, but we've criticized them. I've I had at one point oh. wins higher than them in a QB ranking a couple of years ago when he yeah. was Eagles when we first started. Like I'm pretty I've been pretty even with Dak. I think I have him between seven and ten. Uh the quarterback. And I said, I go, he lowers because you gotta play. That that is a issue he's missing too mm-hmm. many games right so i'm pretty even on Dak. but if you go the way like Dak can never do anything wrong cooper rush gets no credit but if you don't like Dak, cooper rush getting too much credit like yeah, yeah. oh he's winning we should just start him like calm down stupid you don't know what you're talking about the mm-hmm. offense has gotten worse every week uh that he's been in analytically because as teams learn the the limited stuff that he can do and what he likes to do well and try to take that away. Yeah. He's going to be worse and worse. And you could kind of tell by the game plan that this team said, okay, rush was pretty close to giving away that Washington game. You know, he had a couple of picks that were like, Oh, we're glad there were penalties. And, yeah. um, and so it seemed like they kind of hid him this oh, game for sure. Yeah. And you can't, you're not going to be able to do that against Philadelphia. So, you know, 
I would say he's 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 doing what he needs to do to allow the special teams and defense to win you games. Well, I guess one thing I like about Rush is that he's just doing what you ask him to do, not trying to do too much. Not and again, what's just the you mentioned the two interceptions last week, but not turning the ball over, man, not letting the moment be too big for him. I think that says a lot. Yeah, I mean, he got strip sacked and that the Donald wasn't even credited at the time for a strip sack because when the ball came out of his hands, Rush just kind of fell and it fell right into his chest and he grabbed it. A bad bounce right there, you know, it bounces out, he can't control it and the Chiefs or Chiefs, sorry, game's on. And the uh, Rams see it and pick it up and, you know, and it changes everything, but it just so happened to fall that way, you know? So it's, it's hard. I don't, I I think he's getting about the credit he deserves. He's, he's not costing a, a team that's great special teams and defense wise. He's Mm -hmm. not hurting those two elements. And so they're winning uh, against the, the average to bad teams in the league. That's fair. So, you know, Mike, you, you were kind of touched on it there, but you feel like this passing game has been figured out with Russia QB. Uh, yeah. And I think that the offense, the, the, the people kind of know that they, that the coaching kind of knows, like, we can't, we got to adjust some things like how many throws or how much time, like there wasn't a lot of deep shots. If you notice this week, he had the oh, one. God, it was bad, dude. I was getting frustrated. Yeah, they had the one shot to Gallup. Other than that, that was about it. They they were yeah. not going to let him take a seven step drop or anything. So, yeah, they. I think I think I think we know that it's getting about time that we got to get Dak back in here for the passing game's sake. Yeah, you know what you mentioned, Dak Mike, with this defense, the special teams, and how, as good as you can ask for from the offensive line is. You know the way that they're playing. Are the Cowboys a Super Bowl team with a healthy Dak? I, un, again, shout out to uh, my Twitter because <laughs> I'm talking about it a lot. But I tweeted out, man, this uh, this Cowboys team is uh, is a. <laughs> I'm talking about my Twitter a lot today. I typically, don't really go there. I'll, I'll mention an article or something that I'm coming out, yeah. but. Um, my personal tweets, I normally don't say too much, but I, I did happen to tweet. I go, you know, this Cowboys team is, uh, 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 improved quarterback play away from being a Super Bowl contender. Anybody know how we can improve, uh, the QB from, from Cooper rush. And there was legit people that didn't get it and were like Dak Prescott idiot. And I'm like, yeah, dude, re- think about it. You read the tweet. Like, use some common sense here, guys. Yeah. Um, but I, I do, I want to say the defensive special teams are Super Bowl caliber right now. Mm-hmm. I can say yeah. that I need to see more from the offense. I, I don't trust Kellen Moore. And so oh, I wow. got to okay. see when he gets Dak with the, because mm-hmm. the receivers are still, they're good. They're much better than week one where Dennis Houston was our second wide receiver. They're yeah. much better Gallup and CD lamb, but they're not elite. And then you're talking and they're not even great. They're good. Mm -hmm. Um, And then the O-line is solid. And so will they call a game that says, oh, well, Dak Prescott will just make up for the solid O-line and the the good receivers, the receivers not being great and the O-line not being good. Uh, You know, Dak will make up for it. So call our game, whatever. Or will they go, 
Hey, guys, watch Aaron Rodgers this year. You notice he's not playing that well? Yeah, because he has no receivers he trusts, and his offensive line is just getting healthy. So the great Aaron Rodgers, one of the best in, in the game's history, has trouble because he doesn't have the weapons or the O-line, you know, to, to get things done. So, you know, take some of these Cooper Rush elements and use them with Dak. I don't think this is a Dak thing. I think this is a more thing. More, you know, he's an old quarterback. He wants to throw the ball. He's like, I got Dak, you know. So, yeah. you know, when it, when he sees somebody doing the six-man box, he kind of, instead of going, look, Dak, we're just going to run it here. He's like, hey, if you think you got something, throw it. No, I know Dak's great, and he can do that. But I need him to do what Mike McCarthy did to him. Mike McCarthy has said you could you could straight listen to his press conference and watch the games and see. Last press conference after last week, I'd rather have us get about 30 rushes. You know how many rushes Zeke and Pollard had combined this week? 30 rushes. So – you know, that's what I need Kellen Moore now to pass that. I need Mike McCarthy to pass it to Moore and Moore to pass it to Dak. Hey, Dak, I know you can beat this for this. But what we need to do is just run it right here is fine. You know, mm-hmm. let's get the second and five. And yeah. then when they come up, then we know we can beat it without a risk. I know you can beat that because there's no risk to it. They're going to come up and try to stop the run. And then we got them. You know, so I need him to employ that. You know, Dak is great. I get why you want to put it in just his hands. But there's got to be times where the head coach and offensive coordinator goes, we're going to get to that. You're going to get your shot. Believe me, let's do this right now. Our defense is great. This Bears team, this Bears team is not going to get 20 points on us. So why do this and risk the O-line, you know, why risk Tyler Smith getting beat by a guy? Or, or Biotis getting beat by a blitz up the middle. And yes, I know you would have had it, but the O-line didn't have it. The wide receiver didn't run the right route. You threw the ball a little high, you know, to put it on deck. So I'm not making it all like, oh, Dak never made. You had the guy open, but you overthrew it. Well, if we would have waited and tried it another time, wouldn't it matter if it was overthrown because we'd have had the safety sinking up and nobody would run back there to pick it off. And so, you know, you got to play to the fact that your defense and special teams are great. So, number one, don't mess with that, which is what Mm -hmm. we're doing now and how we're winning. Then, when you get your shots, you're going to hit them more because you're better than Cooper Rush. You're going to see them better because you're better than Cooper Rush. So, yeah, I, I, um, I need to see that first before I'm like, oh, they're a contender. Because they went against Tampa Bay, and there was a lot different. Houston, rookie left tackle, there's a lot. The defense wasn't the same as it was now, but they got owned by Tampa Bay's defense. So now I got to see them be able to play a team like that with Dak and, and get them. Yeah, I wouldn't mind seeing this the offense that we're running now, you know, while Dak's still kind of recovering, coming back, us running that same style, but with some added wrinkles because of everything you just said about Dak and him being the better player and everything. Yeah. All right, Mike, here we are with your views from the sideline. And this week, talk to us a little bit about why our running game is having so much success this season. I'm going to jump through it. It really is all about O-line development. That That's the key. So our left ta- our swing tackle, which is basically what 
Tyler Smith became when when Tyron went out, he swung the mm-hmm. outside is better than last year. It just it, we have a better we have a better swing tackle playing while Tyron's out. Um, McGovern is stronger and is playing better this year than he did last year. There's a reason when they put him in, they couldn't run outside plays. He was having issues. They brought back in the most penalized uh, uh, guard in football, and Connor Williams is having trouble. Tyler Biotis was getting mashed so much that I was sitting there going, as a Biotis guy, I was like, come on, man. Like, you can't get mashed by the lower guys. Hargrave, Mm -hmm. Cox, Allen, Donald, I get it. But you right. can't get mashed by by the lower people. And he was. And so I had to battle like, hey, y'all, he wasn't that bad. And this year, he's been solid. You know, he has not been a bad player. He's been beat badly by great players a couple times. But he's been a good, solid to good center. Nobody I'd resign, But that is improvement. Zach mm-hmm. Martin is Zach Martin. He got beat on like the first play of the game by Aaron Donald. And then every time they matched up, he was just like, nah, bro, it ain't going to happen. Uh, and then Steele is, here we go. This is another one. Credit to the front office. Steele has been better than Lyle Collins was last year and this year. Not as mm. good as Lyle Collins at his best, but that's not who we had anymore. Right, so right. Aaron Steele has been a better player than LC was all of last year coming back from injury and battling his suspension. And this year, period, he just has been. Lyle Collins has not been very good at right tackle. Uh, not what you what they paid for. What the Bengals exactly. paid for, he hasn't lived up to that. And, and that's, that's a fair statement. Because I was in the camp of keep Lyle Collins because why am I getting rid of decently priced, good offensive linemen? But I understand now they were like, if LC's there, you got to battle who's starting this and that. They were like, we want Steele to start. And I see why that is now. Yes, sir. All right, Mike, here we are with one word. This week, we're going to use one word to describe the Dorrance Armstrong contract, sir. Redeeming. Oh, I like that one. Well, because, you know, myself included and everybody killed them for messing up the Randy Randy Gregory Gregory. deal. Yeah, And and they deserve it. Uh, Let's remember, fan base... This isn't a guy that they were like, let's let him walk. They did everything to try to keep that guy. They yeah. wanted him on the team, and and they blew it at the end. Blame whoever you want. It doesn't matter. He's gone. Dorrance Armstrong playing how he is and them getting him for two years, man, they look good on that one. Got to give them Hooker, Curse, Dorrance Armstrong. Those three two-year deals are elite level contract signings so give them credit it's redeeming for me mike the dorrance armstrong contract is criminal criminal to dorrance armstrong because of look how good he's playing to get a guy playing as well as he is at his age for four million years four million dollars per year at a premium defensive position is just absolutely criminal sir if he went if he went right now to right this second yeah and we Something happened and we cut him. Mm-hmm. He would probably get 10 mil a year for like three to five years because he's 24. He's got four sacks already. He's on pace for what? 12 sacks? 12 sacks. 24 years old. That's pretty nasty. It, that's impressive. Imagine if he finished a year with 10, 12 sacks. 
If he can you if, imagine that? If he finishes with honestly, if he finishes the year with eight sacks. Seriously, then, yes, eight sacks. And then Micah got another what? 12, and uh, looks like De- Demarcus Lawrence is probably gonna get eight to ten himself. My God. I got Parsons on the 15-ish. Yeah, oh no, no doubt about that. Yeah, for sure. For sure 15 for, sure, for, for sure. uh for Parsons. Six to eight for uh, Tank and eight to ten for Armstrong. And that's not mm. even – we don't know how many snaps Fowler's going to get. Sam Williams had by a mile his best game. He yeah. was causing problems in there. And then also Diggy Zool was probably our best lineman yesterday. But he just didn't – he got one sack. So everybody's like, well, he only got one sack. But he, he hit the quarterback so many times. He was just annihilating them. So it was, it was, man, it was, it's so much fun watching this defense. It's and shout out to Tristan Hill too, man. Having a good year. He is another guy. I'm interested to see if they get him, if they, if they, I just, the problem with, with them bringing him back is I don't see where Bohana is signed up. Gallimore signed up. Osa signed up. Golston signed up. Yeah. Like, at some point, you're going to have to draft a guy. Like, you just let Ridgeway walk. You're like, oh, you can't make it. We got too many good ones. Like, Hill's one of those sneaky Dorrance, Armstrong, LVE type signings. He's super we're young. Like, yeah, we're like, hey, you're young. Nobody's going to give you a big deal yet. They don't know if they trust you. Right. Come back for two years. Biggest stage. Make an impact the way Dorrance did, the way LVE did, the way Wilson did, the way uh, Robert Quinn once did. Yes. The way Randall Cobb did, you know, mm-hmm. and make a big check because everybody's watching primetime games. He's one of those sneaky ones that could get an, a, a two-year deal or a one-year LVE deal next year and be back and you're like, oh, my God. This is crazy. Yeah, it really is. It's crazy, crazy. Okay, Mike, here we are top five this week. You said you cheated, so talk to us a little bit about that before before you did. Um, today's tonight's category, guys, ladies and gentlemen, it's our top five actors and actresses. Now, my mindset going into this, Mike, I didn't have like all time. I was just thinking actors I really like. If I'd gone all time, my list would probably look quite a bit different. But uh, you know, what what was your mindset? Did you go with kind of people you currently like watching? Or did you go a little mix of all time and guys you like watching now and girls, or what? What was your mindset there? I mixed it. So yeah. I said, I said, these top guys that I think are top all time, I also love. So I might as yes. well do both. Mm-hmm. And then there was a couple that was like my, my people, you know? Right, right, right. Um, now the way I cheated is yes. see, um, Paul, Paul's a terrible person and he doesn't, <laughs> uh, he doesn't value women the way I do. So I made my own category for top five women and top five men because hey, I believe okay. that top women deserve their own. Unlike Paul, who just thinks, oh, throw them in. Maybe you don't even put any. The, the top. He probably doesn't even have a woman. He just picked all guys, and he thinks actresses should be paid less. I definitely don't think that. But you know what, Mike? Should we should we do um because I don't have any women in my top five, but I could have easily had at least one in there. Probably two. But should we do actors this week and then actresses when you come back from your vacation? Yeah, you can edit it. Edit it how you need to to where I don't I like that it's live right now. And I'm like, <laughs> you edit out all this to you know, for, because you had no women in your top five and everything. And I'll look great because. I'm trying to look. What a woman have made. Yeah, a woman would have made my top five. Two would have. 
damn, that's hard. Maybe they wouldn't have. Yeah. Uh-oh, okay. I'm go. The you. truth reveals itself. <laughs> yeah, I'm looking at them. I'm like, <laughs> all time easily. One of them makes it, no doubt. But as far as sneaking in, like the people I like, would I want to put the 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 top actress I have over my two bottom guys that I like really love? I don't know if I'd have done that. So I, we might have both had, hey, top five actors and actresses, and neither of us would have had a female. So I saved us still by cheating. So okay, yeah, <laughs> let's do let's do top five actresses next week. Okay. And then we'll do at all actors this week. All right, that sounds good. Well, Mike, hit us with number five. Uh, Tom Hardy. Oh, Tom that's a Hardy. Good one. If if you got a show that has Cillian Murphy in it, and Cillian Murphy is a beast, this was. By the way, hardest top five I've ever done is the top five actors. Hardest by a mile. I have so many. Like the fact Cillian Murphy is not in my top five bothers me. But I looked at her and I'm like, dude, when I watch um, Peaky Blinders, Tom Hardy just owns it. And he's just a part, a bit person. He's in like two episodes a season, maybe. But when he's on screen, it's mm-hmm. he's, he's incredible. He is the 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 one with Leo uh Re- Reverend Re- Revenant or something like that where they're in the snow and stuff uh Bane like he's just the, the one where he plays himself he plays the twin brothers the true story mobsters uh in England the English mobsters and I, man I'm so mad I can't remember the name of the movie he's Tom Hardy's just a beast yeah, I like that pick, Mike. That's a good one. Uh, for me, I'm going a little old school here at number five. With I'm going with my guy Johnny Depp, somebody who, I mean, his earlier stuff. Obviously, you know, we know he's gone through some things the last, <clears throat> what is it, three to five years or whatever, where he hasn't been on screen much. But man, he's got some classics, sir. He does, man. That's another one. Johnny Depp's not in your top five. Like how? How? Yeah. But it's just it's hard, man. It's that's that's it's hard. It is. It really is. It was, it was, it was like rough. It was really rough. Cause there's some actors that, I mean, could have easily been in my top five, but it's like, I don't know. I mean, I I had to really make some tough decisions here, but we won't get into it. Okay. Number four on my, like my uh, number four on my list, Mike, this, I don't know, this might be borderline offensive, but I'm going with Leonardo DiCaprio here at number four. Why would that be offensive? I guess because the, you know, the rest of my list is why I say that. Oh, okay. So, like, he should be higher? Right. Okay, gotcha, exactly. gotcha, gotcha. That's gotcha. what I mean. I was going to say, one of the greatest actors of this generation and has a, a incredible, um, uh, you know, Jeter-esque uh, quality to him. Yeah. Um, we, should, yeah. we should rank our five DiCaprio movies sometime. Sorry to cut you off. No, oh, yeah, for sure. Bro, just, oh, my God, that would be so hard. Very, very hard. Ooh. I don't I'm even, yeah, trying to think of my that. favorite one. Add that later because yeah, I want to get I want to get that too. I'm not going to mention any movies because I want to get that that top five in a couple of weeks. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Okay, Mike, who's number four on your list? Four is my absolute favorite actor of all time. Uh, I met him at a Laker game. I got a picture of him. Uh, it wasn't a great experience. It's, he was like he was Samuel Jackson. Yes. So that that's who's on there. And I asked him for a picture at a Laker game. We were, he was in the third row. I was in the fourth row right behind the basket. And I was like, uh, could I, could I get your picture? And he was like, 
yeah, man, take the picture. And I was like, oh, I'm sorry, man. Because I, I would normally – dude, I I sat right next to Jim Belushi at a, at a Lakers game. A oh, lot of wow. younger people don't know who Jim Belushi is. He's yeah. a beast. Talk to him about the Great Western Forum. It was the first year in Staples Center. Talk to him for the whole time he was there. The nicest guy. Never asked for a picture or anything. It was just that it was Samuel L. Jackson. Samuel Jackson. My favorite. My absolute favorite actor. And so I don't need to go down to his list of movies. He's he's legend. So, yeah, he he's that's my guy. And I, I got him on there even though I irritated him at the Laker game about like 15 years ago. Samuel Jackson's like the actor where if all you have is a samurai sword, you get his autograph on your samurai sword. Yeah. It doesn't matter what you got there. You just sign. Please, please sign. Yes, sir. All right, Mike, number three on your list. Number three, DiCaprio. Oh. Yeah, I love Leo. So it was very hard. This was a mix of I love Leonardo DiCaprio plus success because there's guys, Vin Diesel, Idris Elba, that aren't Mm. exactly the actors Leo are, but I love them. Like, they're so badass. Yeah, but I there's I got it. How do you not have Leo on your list? Like he's got to be. So yeah, he's my third. Seriously, you know, my number three might surprise you. And I'm sitting here, I'm looking at this list, and it's not really necessarily in order because I was kind of scrambling here towards the end. So Leonardo DiCaprio could have easily been number one, or at least you know definitely here number three, but he's not. And number three on my list, I'm going with my guy, Mr. Bradley Cooper. Good one. Good choice. The funny thing about Bradley Cooper is people will always remember Hangover and he's Rocket, but yeah. you forget that he was Silver Linings Playbook. One of the Dude, so freaking good top five. I think it's like fourth of my all time movies. And oh, then if wow. you haven't seen, sorry, what's that, Paul? I, I, no, I was just saying. Oh wow. Yeah, I, I love that movie. And then a yeah. Star Is Born. Mm. Is, God. Good just, God, dude, that movie. It's incredible. So, so yeah, I, another guy not on my list, like Bradley fucking Cooper. Like it's you know so who cool. I almost switched him out with though, uh, Joaquin Phoenix. Great, was very one. close. Uh, he he's good, but I don't think he's. How do I put this? The catalog. he hasn't had a, enough fun movies. For, like all Joaquin Phoenix movies are always like, damn, Joaquin Phoenix was incredible in that. But he doesn't have any where he's like Rocket or Hangover. You know, they're all like, they're all uh, uh, a star is born. Yeah. You know, so they're amazing performances, but it's like, God damn, every movie you're in is like heavy, dude. Like, I would I'd love like to see him in a funny him, movie. I would like to see him have a Tropic Thunder Tom Cruise. Oh my God. That'd be you know what I mean? Dude. Like, yeah. I'd love to see that from yeah. Joaquin Phoenix. Absolutely, for sure. Another person I almost had on here, um, I don't know how you feel about this guy, it was Jake Gyllenhaal. I love Jake Gyllenhaal. He's, he's South Paul was great. Uh, Jarhead. Um, yeah, he's he's one of the, the one that with Anne Hathaway. <sighs> Anne Hathaway. Mm, man, sir, sir, sir. All right, Mike, you, number, <laughs> number two on my list. The late, not the late, but the great. It could have easily been number one, probably number one on most people's lists. Denzel Washington, sir. Come on. Denzel. I'll just give away my number two is Denzel as well. Oh, wow. So, okay. Okay. And and easily could have been one. Like, 
flip a coin between two and one, honestly. Uh, what what can you do? do? The guy's perfect. He's only made one sequel ever in his history. And it, and it was because he loves Antoine Fuqua so much that, you know, he, he did it out of respect, basically, with training day and, and, and them. So, like, he's, he's perfect. Like, he just, he doesn't give bad performances. He's never in bad movies. Like, no. even his bet, like, I don't really like the train one. But it's not a bad movie. Oh, taking Pelham once or one, two, three, or whatever. No, I I actually like that one. The Unstoppable, I think it's called. Uh, oh, okay. Where the where and it has Chris Pine, I think. Like it's an okay movie, but it's yeah. just not up to. Den- That's how great Denzel is. That hey, that was okay is not good enough. You're like, what's that? That's not good enough. Yeah, I got you. Yeah, I'm, I'm trying to think of the one you're talking about with Chris Pine. It's not ringing a bell. So, but I yeah, think I was, it's called Unstoppable. Unstoppable, okay. Because the Cause train can't train can't be stopped. I think is why it's called that. Man, I feel like maybe I've seen that, but I'm not sure. It's funny though that we both had Denzel number two, just because I was like, you know, what we should rank our favorite Denzel Washington movies. But I'm like, you know what? I want to announce it. Then we can go back and watch some that maybe we've only seen once or twice, or even catch up on some that we haven't seen, and then you know, really give a, a fair list. But yeah, so for us to both have my number two, that's interesting. All right, here hey, we are. Hey, number let, one, who let's, you got, Mike? Let's let's do number one at the same time, just to see. I'm going to go one, two, oh, okay. three, and then all we right. say it, all right? Top all actor, right. one, two, three. Tom Hanks. Christian Bell. Oh. oh. You didn't have Tom Hanks in your top five. Okay, so that uh, remember when I said I was thinking of all time or current, and I was mixing, and I was like, Tom Hanks could have easily been number one, like he is on your list. But I haven't watched a Tom Hanks movie in a while, and he's been like some of my most favorite movies. But I feel like Christian Bell lately has been in some more performances lately. I've seen more of his work lately. Um, and maybe I don't know. I should I don't think he has better movies, but I can't explain it. I just to to be fair, Christian Bale should be ahead of Tom Hardy in my top five. I, he just oh, really fine. Yeah. And I love Tom Hardy, but you're talking dude. Christian Bale, dude. His performance as Batman. If you ever seen The Machinist, mm. when I got really, really thin, when I was really sick, right before I went on disability, they yeah. called me The Machinist because Man, I was, so, you could see my spine in our little YouTube movies we did. You could literally see my spine when I'm taking off my shirt in one of them. And um, like I was called The Machinist in cr- harsh times. The Thor, uh, Thor, Love and Thunder. The way he, the movie's a complete improv comedy, except for Christian Bale, where it becomes just an incredibly dark, sinister mm. movie, and he nails it. He's he's killed it, dude. Thor. He kills it, and that's why yeah, I hate Thor and Love and Thunder so much because they killed his performance, in my opinion. I know you love it, the humor and everything, but. God, I would have loved to see a dark Thor for once. But it, but the when it went dark, like when Christian Bale's in it and his stuff, the way it just the way it flips from no, this shit's serious now. That scene, as funny as the movie is, the scene where they are where where Natalie Portman realizes what he's after because I don't want to give away anything. You know, he re, she realizes what Gore is after. You know, yeah. 
And then he's got them all trapped in that. And that's the best part of that whole movie. He's so, he's so good. And it's really just good. so completely. They improv the whole damn movie is an improv comedy. I'm not joking about that. It's a hundred percent improv movie. They went in with ideas and then, and then they just kind of said, okay, do 10 takes on this and we'll take the funniest ones. And they just did different stuff all throughout. And then Christian wow. Bale would come in and everybody would be like, all right, let's go. Now it's time to get down. This, this is no mm. bullshit. And it, and it, I love that. The, the contrast of that is what made it made watching it the second, third. And now I've seen that movie four times. First time I saw it, I was like, eh, this, this wasn't, this was more towards the first two Thor movies. It wasn't really as good as Ragnarok. The more I watch it, the more I'm like, damn, this is like almost Ragnarok good. Like I, I legitimately love Thor love and thunder. How did you find out that uh, it was improv? Oh, they talk about it. They, they, Rocky oh, really? okay. Watt and, and, and Helmsworth and uh, Natalie Portman and them talk about how the, the whole movie is, they have their basic, what we want to happen, which is basically yeah. Kevin, Kevin Faye, 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 or Faye, however you say his name. He's kind of like, Hey, this is what you need to make sure gets done. And then all the other stuff, like when he gets on the, on the broomstick. Hurry up! <laughs> it's so funny. Or the splits where he's doing the splits, and he and he's telling them like, "No, here's what we're gonna do." You know, he's he's you you're pitching it while you're shooting. He's like, "Okay, yeah. this is what I'm thinking," and it's and they do it, and they would do each like each scene. If they didn't, ah, that was pretty good. Let's just do one and just say totally different stuff, and then that you will see how it's cut while they'll add stuff from like three different parts, the way the movie's like shot, you can see where they like, where it's jumped and they've gone from like, oh, they took a piece from when he did this and they took a piece from when he did this. Like Russell Crowe, <laughs> where he told him, he tells Russell Crowe, because Russell Crowe's not holding a lightning bolt. So he tells him, he goes, hey, just act like you're throwing around the lightning bolt. And Russell Crowe just did like three takes of him like, like and he's like the part where he's the, where they cut and zoom in on him and he's looking at Thor like he's spinning it. It is God, dude. And I just think the the way the reason it makes me laugh so much is I think about trying to be Chris Hemsworth and you have Maximus Gladiator sitting in front of you in like a tutu, oh, an overweight type Gladiator suit, and he's sitting mm -hmm. there looking at you with this face with nothing in his hand, just going. And it, it's, it makes me cry laughing when I think about like, I would never be able to get through that movie. I would ruin every scene laughing. It would be the worst. It's, it's brilliant. It's really that, that Takia Watt, I hope I say his name right, is a damn genius, dude. And I'm so glad that Disney elevated him. He was known, but he was never, like when you say Jojo Rabbit, a lot of people that have seen that movie will go, it's friggin' genius. But then you, the regular consumer didn't know who the hell he was, who directed it, what that movie was, any of that. Once he got on Mandalorian, now people are like, oh, damn, his episodes were so sick. And mm -hmm. then Ragnarok happened. And that blew him up, you know? And now Thor Love and Thunder. So 
I'm excited. He's getting his own Star Wars trilogy is the word. Very cool. What's his name again? I think it's, I think it's Taki Awat. But if I'm saying that wrong, I apologize, guys. It's, that's a hard name. I don't I don't know, you know. Yeah. Uh, I'll hear it say said on like a a uh, assembly, like a made uh uh the making of Thor. And I'll and then I'll be like, oh, that's how you say it, you stupid idiot. You know, but I, I think it's something similar to that. Gotcha. Yeah, man, that would have been cool if we both had uh Tom, or, you know, either Tom Hanks or Christian Bell are just the same number one on our list, Mike. That'd have been fun. I, I just when I when I went through it, I honestly forgot about Christian Bale, so that's my fault. But I went through a top five. I'm like, well, there's he didn't put Tom Hanks, so there's no way we and we both had Denzel two. I had DiCaprio three, you had him four. So I'm sitting there just going, Well, Tom Hanks. But also, like, like you said, recently he's been in uh more uh you know like Apple TV's gray Greyhound was awesome but it wasn't a theater movie news of today wasn't a theater uh I saw it on on streaming I didn't go see it because it was supposed to be released streaming first mm-hmm. so it's like you know I understand where you're like like well right now he's not you know, the relevant big time actor that Christian Bale, Denzel, Leo are. So I, I understand that it's just, man, Forrest Gump and, and Castaway oh God, and yeah. big. And he's just, Pretty it, mild, no, dude. nobody's, nobody's hit list hits like his. Like, I just, Mm-mm. I don't know if any lit, cause even back in like Turner and Hooch and the, oh Burl, gosh. Uh, from back in the 80s are like amazing movies that they had to do you know one of them did a remake uh a tv show on disney plus turner and hooch like yes it's just it's he's just he has it all he's he's and then he was just pinocchio and while it wasn't great uh he was excellent like as geppetto and he just he's fantastic dude he's 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 awesome you know what's funny, Mike? This is kind of all coming back full circle. I think our first ever top five was ranking Tom Hanks movies, dude. It might have, yeah. I think you're right. That's crazy, and you left them out of your top five. Yeah, that's what's funny. worse. All right, guys, you vote. What's worse, leaving Tom Hanks out of your top five <laughs> actors or Red Baron? He's so good in your top. Five. I knew you were gonna put that in there. So. <laughs> All right, Mike, sir, here we are sitting on our fourth straight Victory Monday. As always, I enjoyed the discussion. Before we get you out of here, remind the people where they can find you on Twitter, sir. At CD Piglet, guys. Letter C, letter D, Piglet. Nice and easy. Guys, I'm, yes, sir. Guys, I'm Paul Ryan. You can find me on Twitter at Paul underscore Ryan 15. We appreciate you joining us, and we'll see you guys next week. Bro, I talk so much during this one. I apologize. I see. 